G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, of course, there are huge developments that are going on in Europe and we might be wondering on a day like this how some of these developments, especially around Russia and Ukraine, might be affecting Israel, as we do on a Wednesday, it's nice to catch up with Ron Ross and breaking news out of Israel in the Middle East as to how headlines look. Ron, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, let's talk about the Ukraine crisis and what the headlines are saying. Israel moving its embassy from Kiev to Lviv. What's the story? Yeah, Foreign Minister Yair Lapid decided to move the Israel embassy in Kiev to Lviv on Monday in the event Russia invades Ukraine. Lviv is farther west and therefore a greater distance from the border on which Russia has amassed an estimated 160,000 to 190,000 troops. Israel began providing consular services in Lviv last Thursday and the rest of the Kiev embassy's operation is moving there as we speak. The Foreign Ministry is prepared for all developments, including the possibility of a land evacuation, the Ministry said. In that framework, Israeli diplomats serving in Poland, Slovakia, Romania, Moldova and Hungary visited border crossings with Ukraine and held meetings with the border authorities to ensure passage for Israeli citizens who may seek to leave. Despite the efforts and the government's entreaties over the past week, only about 4,000 out of an estimated 12,000 Israelis had left Ukraine as of Monday. Regarding increased talks by Israeli officials about the US if it imposes sanctions on Russia, Lapid said Israel has its own considerations to weigh. Israel will do the right thing according to our own set of values, he said. While Israel has liberal democratic values, there are other considerations as well, he said. Lapid said Israel was in a bit of a Baltic situation. We have a kind of border with Russia, the important force inside Syria, he said. In addition, Russia and Ukraine have large Jewish communities, and therefore he has to be more careful than any other foreign ministry in the world, he put it. I think there's an understanding of this, he said. This is where the special relationship with the USA comes into play. We have a mutual vocabulary, a language that we share. And uh, I think this is an amazing story and one that the Australian government will have to consider if those sanctions come in. Yes, sanctions will be in the thinking of our leaders if there are further developments. And hey, Ron, let's come back to headlines and... It's not the only tension the Israelis are worried about. The Israeli Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett, has warned a shorter, weaker Iran deal is coming soon. What's the story here? Yeah, nuclear negotiations may soon end with a deal that is insufficiently tough on Iran, Bennett said. He warned this at the opening of the Cabinet meeting this weekend. 
The apparent New Deal is shorter and weaker than the previous one, he said. Bennett explained that the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, signed in 2015, was for 10 years, which means returning to it means a deal in which most of its restrictions on Iran's uranium enrichment will expire in only two and a half years. Since the original deal was signed, two things happened, he said. The Iranians advanced their enrichment capabilities very much, and time has passed. He said Iran will be able and entitled to develop and install advanced centrifuges without restrictions, stadiums full of centrifuges, according to this agreement. In return, the Iranians will at present receive tens of billions of dollars and sanctions removed. In the end, that money will reach terror in this region. That terror endangers us all. Sounds like they'd be more worried about what's happening with Iran than they might be worried about what's going on in Ukraine. Although I don't want to diminish the importance of either of those issues that are bubbling along right now. Hey, Ron, COVID is never far from the headlines, but a little bit of glimmer of hope. Some might say this is good news. Israel is to allow in all tourists regardless of vaccination status. Yeah, they'll begin to allow terror. I was going to say terrorists, but tourists, regardless of whether they've been vaccinated against COVID-19 from March the 1st. Entry into Israel still requires two PCR tests, one before flying in and one upon landing in the country. Currently, only COVID-19 vaccinated foreigners are allowed into Israel. We're seeing a consistent decline in morbidity numbers. So this is the time to gradually open up what we were the first in the world to close, Bennett said. Israel first shut its borders to foreigners in March 2020. The number of visitors has slowly risen as the country lifted some restrictions, but they remain well below pre-pandemic levels. Ron, a very important story arising with the Jewish community in the United States where they are suing a U.S. state to prohibit the use of Zyklon B gas for executions. What's happening there? Yeah, the local Jewish community is suing the state of Arizona in an effort to prevent capital punishment by the same lethal gas used to exterminate Jews at the Auschwitz death camp the Jewish News of Greater Phoenix and Northern Arizona is reporting. We're not arguing the merits of the death penalty, nor the guilt or innocence of any defendant, simply that because of our tragic history, we have a unique lens to declare that the use of Zyklon B is a cruel and barbarous practice whose usage has no place in modern society. Paul Rocker, the executive director of the uh, community group, has said. Janice Freebaum, former vice president and spokesperson for the Phoenix Holocaust Association, said that Holocaust survivors and their descendants were horrified, according to the weekly paper. It's a very painful way to kill a person, and it's fundamentally inhuman, they said. Run a headline where Australia now deems all Hamas whether political or military, a terrorist organisation. What's the latest? Now, Australia announced it will designate Hamas as a terror group in its entirety, prompting Israel Prime Minister Naftali Bennett 
to praise the country for standing strong in the face of terror. Previously, Australia had only deemed Hamas's armed wing, the Yazad-Din Al-Qassam Brigade, to be a terrorist organisation. The US, Canada, UK and EU list the entire Hamas as a terror group. Hamas's attempts to paint itself as legitimate are a farce, Bennett said, and they're not fooling anyone. The world is growing to see Hamas for what it is. It's a radical Islamic group that targets innocent civilians, Israelis, mothers, fathers, children, and it's dedicated to the destruction of Israel. Bennett went on to thank his friend, Prime Minister Scott Morrison, for the action he's taking. And let's finish off uh, with an interesting one. The former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo at a recent prayer breakfast has called for prayer for Israel. Uh, What are his sentiments? Yeah, Pompeo delivered recorded remarks at the Jerusalem prayer breakfast in Tallinn, Estonia, calling for prayer for peace in Jerusalem and in Eastern Europe, where winds of war between Russia and Ukraine have captivated the region. I wish I could be there in person with you in Estonia to pray with you, especially in the light of the dangers facing Eastern Europe, the former secretary said, calling the Jerusalem prayer breakfast a noble occasion. The situation in Ukraine is most surely on everyone's mind, he said. I hope you will join me in praying for our world leaders to have wisdom, patience and strength as this challenge to peace unfolds. Pompeo quoted Psalm 125, verse 1. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore. He said we must pray, friends, for the faith and resolve that the Lord blesses his faithful with the strength to stand against those who would disrupt peace to further their own ambitions and for the resolve to be unwavering in face of these threats. He also called on Christians around the world to pray for Israel and the prosperity of the Jewish people. Well, Ron, certainly some significant, important headlines in what you've delivered today. I want to thank you so much. Always appreciate your updates each week on what's happening, breaking news out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron, thanks for joining us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.